Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. And today's guest is no other than Tanashi. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I am amazing. Like, what have you been up to lately? Just trying to get this album out, girl. I've been, you know... working on it for like 18 months now Mm -hmm. and getting an album out independently is completely different than putting out an album with a record label i was signed to my last label for like seven years so now i feel so much more liberated free and i'm just ready for everybody to hear it having a label i know they plan out everything for you Mm -hmm. and like having that for seven years and now like it's just you Mm -hmm. it's just you everything's on you how does that feel i mean at first it's a little scary because you're like oh how am i gonna do this you know like how am i gonna get the budget how am i gonna get the the team together and it's like a huge risk to kind of put yourself out there and just realize that like your back is kind of against the wall Mm -hmm. but at the same time i've always felt like I thrive under pressure and I've always felt like that really brings out the best of me because it makes me have to be resourceful. It makes me have to dive deep into my soul and, you know, do stuff that really is more meaningful. And so it's been very liberating and exciting once you, you make that mental switch from it being like hard and scary to being like, oh, this is actually exciting and fun. I always wonder, when someone went from, like, a major label to, like, doing things on their own, do you feel like you started to see people around you kind of change? Um, I think in a good way. Yeah. I've seen people kind of rally behind me in a sense that I still have like a really amazing and incredible support system. Mm -hmm. And that has been so, so nice and touching and means so much to know that, you know, my fans have always rode for me. You know, they never left, uh, you know, even people in the game, like having the support from just various press outlets, record, you know, whatever, radio stations, you know, podcasts, you know, it, it means so much more now to have that that support so yeah it's 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 definitely a shift and i think in a good way though okay so we're gonna start counting down your songs we're gonna start with song number five all right i'm gonna go back to when i was like five years old the first album that i ever bought for myself was well i mean i didn't buy for myself i was five (laughs) (laughs) you you want an album at five oh my goodness (laughs) no but the first album that was mine you know um it was britney spears baby one more time oh Oh my uh, goodness. Did you have the doll baby that used to sing the song to? No, the I wish. Oh. I wish. My parents didn't get me that one. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to say that that was, and I had the enhanced, I did have the enhanced CD. Okay. I don't know if y'all remember this, but you could put it in your computer and it had like, it played the music video and it had like photo albums of her. You could scroll through all the cute little photos. And for me, that was so inspiring as like a super young girl, um, uh, I always just loved her dancing. I loved what she brought to the table. So I'm going to have to say that's my number one song. Well, before we get back to Britney, because Sweetness was accent. So they came out with a Barbie version of Britney Spears like they did with Destiny's Child. Like the head? Like, no, no, like oh, a, the whole, whole Barbie. a whole Barbie. A whole Barbie. And uh, 
I think I, and I think I had the oops, I did it again one. It's like she's dressed in it and it came with a CD. And if you played it, it's like she rocked it back no. and forth while it played. Yeah, you, you had all the good gifts. Girl, I had every Barbie that came out. But yeah, I remember um, when Britney first came out with oops, I did it again. It was, cause I think I remember her from like, the Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah. And I was like, ain't that the girl from the Mickey Mouse Club? Right? It was it, so cute. She was so cute back then. So adorable. <laughs> but like, okay, so was that just the first CD you saw? Or did you see her video and was like, okay, I need to get that? Both. I It was the first CD I had, and then the video was on the CD. Mm-hmm. So I just remember like watching that video over and over again, and when she like does the back walkover, and then she has a little the basketball scene. I was like, oh my god, she's so cute! Like <laughs> I want to be her when I'm 16. I think she was only like 16 at the time. Yeah, so I was like, yo, that's amazing. She was my first like idol um, when I was growing up. It says you're five. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I was young. Ooh, I think I was like 10. <laughs> Cause I was like, I was thinking about like in that time. I think Spice Girls was like my first pop oh, favorite yeah. pop pe- band, and then came Britney, and Britney was my introduction okay. to pop. I love Britney's. <laughs> I, I didn't know they had Spice shoes. Girls. I remember listening to in preschool. Like what? what? Yeah, like I was in preschool. So right Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, kids nowadays don't be. They be like, who would have? Who's Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. But Britney Spears had, like, so much fire records because she so. was on pop, rhythmic, urban. She, I She's think, on fire. I think I recently downloaded, like, all her old jams. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's deep. She got jams. She does. She does. Song number four. Okay, song number four. I'm going to have to say would be Janet Jackson, Go Deep, mm-hmm. from the Velvet Rope album. Um, which was the first album that I think I, like, stumbled upon, like, I discovered. Uh, I had no clue what Janet Jackson music sounded like at the time, and I found the CD in a stack of CDs, and the cover art really intrigued me because there was no writing on it. It was just, like, the top of her head, and I was like, who is this girl with the curly hair like me? (laughs) Uh, This is crazy. And... Yeah, I was probably, like, around 9, 10 years old around this time when I found that CD. And still to this day, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's, un- like, it's such a perfect album. So well-rounded. You know, it has pop elements, dance elements, R&B elements, sensual elements. It tells a story. It's connected. It's con- consistent. It's great. It's great. So how influential was that album to you? Hugely. I still reference it all the time. Um, that's... Um, one of my favorite examples of how you can show range within an album and it still feel cohesive. And I think she did that so brilliantly that I've always kind of felt like, okay, I could do that too. I don't have to be limited to like one particular sound, one particular vibe. I can kind of do them all and they can still fit within this world. Have you gotten a chance to meet Janet yet? I have not. The closest I came was when I did the Janet tribute at uh-huh. the BET Awards. And she sent me flowers and a handwritten note. That was pretty cool. Um, I can't verify that that was her actual handwriting. (laughs) But but it was written by someone's hand. Uh, So that was really sweet. But yeah, I've never met her. I I hope you do get to meet her one day. Have you met her? Yes. Yes. She came here. Really? (laughs) Yes. 
I was so oh, in shock. geeked out. Yeah, I would have geeked out. And then, like, I was so happy. Well, I was just happy I got the picture with her. But then, like, it's it's so weird because, like, so, for someone so powerful, she has such a low Calming energy. Yeah, she was just like, because, like, when she talked, this one was one of those, hello. Yeah, so soft. And I was like, yo, you have to make so much money that you talk <laughs> at that such a low level. And people be like, all right, that everyone's like, Shannon's talking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such an amazing art because she was like one of my um, favorite artists growing up mainly because of my mom and um, I don't remember the name of the album but it's the album where she just has the jeans and so it's oh, covering her boobs it, and she's like this oh, is that Janet? Is, no no Janet I think she's like laying in white oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 that's the one she's yeah laying but down. like whatever that is that I, that was one of my first albums I think and I stumbled across that too right <laughs> It's like when when you discover an album as opposed to just like, you know, someone get buying it for you or something yes. like that. It's like a new level of like, oh, this is crazy. I've never had that experience before. And it was different back when you were discovering albums with like physical CDs rather than just like scrolling through playlists. You can find stuff all the time now. But back then it was like. That was Janet? That was Janet? Oh. Don't, which okay. one's the one laying down? Is it all, all for you? I don't know. Well, no, but we just know the album covers. Yes, yes, <laughs> great covers. Song number three. Okay, song number three. I'm going to go with. Let me look at my cheat sheet. Oh, I know. Song number three is Two On," which was my first single I ever dropped, mm -hmm. and it was to date my most successful single I ever dropped. And that song changed my life. Yeah. If there was one song, one moment that changed my life, it would be that one. You know, after that, I toured for two years. I, you know, put out my first album. Drake hopped on it. I was going to say, like, you even got a Drake remix. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember I found that out in a car to Brooklyn, like, reading Twitter. I was like, they're, fu they're fucking with me. There's no way Drake did a remix. And he did. So, yeah, that changed my life. That song changed my life. So let, let's let's dive into that song. Like that one song is what it puts you on tour with Nicki Minaj, right? Yeah. Okay, because my one of my friends and Katy Perry. Because one of my friends crazy. put you on the Nicki Minaj tour. Uh, Greg, we're gonna shout. Hi, Greg. Stop, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Greg. Yeah. I'm sorry, I had to think of your last name. Right? My homie. <laughs> but um, oh, well, Greg, I'm gonna tell him we shouted him out in this interview right now. What was that experience like? I know you started like when you were like 19, 18, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like for all that to just happen that fast. It was hard to process at the time. Like looking back on it now, it's like wow, that was incredible. I was doing so much, but even at the time, I don't even think it all hit me. Mm -hmm. I was just doing it you know i was in it i was moving place to place stuff was happening every day i was only like 21 i think so yeah i was just kind of life was moving and i was moving with it so now looking back it's like wow that was an incredible era so much was going on and yeah it'd be amazing to you know take a step back and appreciate it at the time but it's always hard to do when you're in the moment you you're know? just like riding up yeah and that, even before that you were doing Songs put it out on Twitter. mixtapes. And I remember you yeah. had something with Chris Brown, but like for that song by yourself to just blow up, yeah. like that had to feel amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And I never would have guessed that my first song out the gate would have had that kind of reaction, you know? Just, yeah, never would have guessed. Why do you think that song was so special? Because it's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just still to this day, it's like every time it comes on, it feels good still, you know? It has mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yes. it's got that energy. It's it's melodic, um, but it's fun. It's got kind of an edge to it lyrically. I, it still feels fresh to me. I'm not really sure what other songs really sound like it. So mm -hmm. 
for that. I think that's why people loved it. I still love it. I still love it. I love performing it. Yeah, good one. Good one. Good one. <laughs> good one. I literally hear that record every time I'm in the club. That's really? crazy. Still, still there. It pops up on my SoundCloud, but like it's the it's the OVO remix pops up on my SoundCloud. Oh, Whenever I just like yeah, randomly yeah. listen, I was like, wait, I forgot about this. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is my shit a few years ago. Yeah, so fun. Song so number two. Okay, song number two, I'm going to go with A Case of You by Joni Mitchell, which is my number one song that I always wish I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, because from a lyrical perspective, it's just like so poetic and so deep and like kind of sets the bar for me as a songwriter. So that song's really special to me. Um, and I'd like to write a song that good. Also, Mariah Carey, We Belong Together is one of those two. That like, I just feel like it's such a perfect song. Like, perfectly executed from like the writing to like the performance to the production that that's like a goal like if i can write a song that good ever please yeah I just sing, <laughs> ain't nobody could tell me nothing i just think what we belong together singing my heart out to that in high school oh yeah I, like yes we belong together we do now it hit different you know it really it, it really do it hit different. Really <laughs> different. <laughs> it does i like the way it hit when i was younger because like mm. Yeah, it's just like damn girl. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, so, w- like, what do you like about the writing process? Do you like that more than performing, or like they equal? Um, no, I like them both for different reasons. I can't do exclusively one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like a studio rat. Like, I know some artists just literally only want to be studio. in the studio all year long. For me, that is kind of draining to my spirit. I kind of have to get in a mode like, and go in for like six months on an album instead of all year long. And then I kind of shift to like a different mode, like performance mode and like video mode and trying to tell the visual story. And um, But at the same time, I also can't just like tour all year long because that doesn't give you the same fulfillment as writing music and creating something. So it's really important for me to have that balance. Uh, and to be able to still continue to play shows and connect with the people because that is where you really connect with your fans. You see them singing the words and you feel their energy and that's so important. And then to also be able to get into the studio and like be vulnerable and open up and maintain that authenticity is is really important too. I always wonder, what does that feel like when you see someone singing their heart out to your song? It's the best feeling in the world. It's There's nothing like it. There's really, truly nothing like it. It's so much fun. And it means so much more when you're like, wow, especially, especially it trips you out when you go to countries where they don't speak English mm-hmm. and they're singing all the words. Because then you're like, okay, this is deep. This love is deep. You know, they, they're learning another language. <laughs> they're learning a whole new language to sing along. That's crazy. So what's been like your uh, most memorable experience traveling? Um, I've had a lot of really amazing ones. So I've been really lucky, you know, when I first kind of, yeah, like got in the scene, I traveled the world. I, yeah, went on tours. I, I went all over Europe. I went to Dubai. I went to Africa. And being able to see all those places has been such an incredible experience. It's really hard to pick like one, mm-hmm. one moment um, because they all have such different things to bring to the table you know i have a couple favorites like countries that i've been to like france i absolutely love um 
Dubai performances are just like insane. Um, you know, I love performing in like, yeah, I did like a whole South America was amazing. Uh, like I played like Argentina is so dope. So it's been it's really humbling, actually, to see the world and to like remember how connected we really are, all are. especially yeah. through music. Yeah. Because it's, it's like the one, well, outside of numbers, it's the other language that everyone just understands yeah. easily. Yeah. No it's like, the even language. if they don't know what I'm saying, even if they don't know all the lyrics, they can still feel the emotion or it still means something to them. You know, it still translates. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of obviously the most incredible and beautiful things about music. Song number one. Ooh, what was my song number one? <laughs> I forgot. Cheat, cheat. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, my song number one is Sade, Sweetest Taboo. Um, because Sade was one of the first artists that I discovered, quote, unquote, that had such a strong sense of genre within themselves. Like, her music doesn't really sound like anybody else's, still to this day. It is so just true to whatever vibe she was on, you know? And that was really inspiring for me that, you know, you don't have to necessarily create something that, like, feels mainstream or feels like something that everybody else is doing, but it can still be so incredible, so impactful and timeless. Yeah, uh, she's very timeless. Timeless. And it's still stuff you want to put on any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel dated. It doesn't feel old. It's just special. It's real special. Have you gotten a chance to meet Sade? <laughs> I have not, but I have worked with uh, one of the members of Sade, the band. You know, Sade is actually yeah. technically a band. band. I remember the first time I found that out, I was like, wait. Yeah. I thought that was just her. I didn't know it was like a whole band. And I yeah. found out like her name, and I was like, oh. Right. Mind blown. And like, yeah. So her ago. main, her main, uh, bassist or like one of the main collaborators of shot of the band his name's Stuart Matthewman I did a few records with him like out in Brooklyn and it was just so incredible to work with somebody who's a part of that group because like he's been in it you know yes. like from the jump what is it the 80s and uh it was such a fun experience to make those songs because yeah we were just being artists and there was no pressure and that's always such a good feeling as a creative to just like get in with other creatives and be like we're gonna do this for fun for the love you know it's not for like any goal like you know a hit or you know chasing any of these you know people definitely put like ideas of what they think is gonna work Mm -hmm. and sometimes when you're in the studio trying to make something that works it doesn't it's not as fun yeah it's not it's not and it doesn't always translate the same way so it's it's really great to be able to just get in there with him and we just had fun. Would you say that's like the hardest part of um, being an artist? Like that's also in the mainstream light. Like you mm-hmm. can't really be artistic because everyone's telling you like, well, you got to do this and yeah. that for this and numbers and it just takes away from everything. I think for a long time I started to believe that uh, because people would say it so often, you know, like this is what works. This is what you should do. And I would be like, okay, y'all know better than me. I've been in the industry for all these years. I'm just a little girl, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to make music. And I think that's really dangerous to to believe that narrative because if you just keep doing what everyone else is doing, who's going to push the needle forward? Who's going to move us into the future? And to be able to take that risk and to be able to not really care about those limitations when you're creating music is really important, I think, and underrated. <laughs> 
I think I talked to people about, like, who is it, Summer Walker? Because she always talks about how she just wants to make music right. and she's over all right, this right, right, other right, business right, thing. Right, right. And I'm just like, I don't make music, but I can understand that. Yeah. It's just like you just you feel you're at your fullness and happiness when you're creating something you love and not having to do, like, the politics right. of it all. Absolutely. I think the politics can really mess with artists' head, especially mm-hmm. when you are just doing it, when you're just doing it for the love. Yes. And you know, initially, that's usually why most all of us got into the games, because we love music, you know? So sometimes you kind of just get lost in the sauce. You can't get lost in the, the sauce. sauce. So how did you, like, refine yourself? Because I feel like you did get lost in the sauce mm-hmm. from just, like, listening to everyone else. How, what what did it take for you to be like, okay, let me refocus and remember why I started this? I just had to, like, pause. You know, I think, again, you just go through the motions. You're just, like... You move to the next thing. Like, I have a show next week. I'll just do that. I'll just focus on that show next week. I'm in the studio again tonight. I'm going to just focus on the studio again tonight. And sometimes you have to, like, literally take a step back or, like, take a month off and sit and think about it and hold yourself, your team, everyone around you accountable and just check yourself sometimes. I think also it's easy when you're young to, to not do that, to be comfortable with, like, how, with your own power and your own talents which is amazing and it's a great thing to have but it's always good to keep in mind that you can always be better do better improve and to maintain that energy of wanting to better yourself i think that that helped me kind of get back to that core i was like okay i'm gonna do this for me i'm gonna do it because it makes me happy and then also again like just really connecting with the fans and and trying to just break it all down to what this is really about. And this is about what it means to others when they hear the songs. So you have a new project dropping Thursday. Yes. November 21st. Songs for you. Let's talk about that real quick. Yes, songs for you. I'm so excited uh, to finally give everyone a chance of... To be able to hear my soul. And mm-hmm. so it's it's just a really great feeling to get something out, to get a project out. But at the same time, it's like nerve-wracking. I'd describe it like it feels like Christmas morning. Like you're excited, the anticipation is there. And then as soon as it like it's over, you're like, oh, now what? <laughs> now it's December 26th, you know, like just a regular day. <laughs> so I... Um, I'm excited and hopefully to maintain that energy of, you know, the same anticipation energy throughout the rollout and th- leading into the new year slash decade. You know, I just want to have good energy and good vibes. So do you think this is like a more raw look and see you as an artist versus before? I think so. It feels that way to me. And even if, you know, from like the outside looking in, maybe that is a little bit more nuanced than obvious. But I think that it translates from like a soul level. Like mm-hmm. I think people can feel it in the music that it feels like it's coming from a genuine place. It feels different. It feels like I kind of opened myself up a little more. The lyrics are more vulnerable than most of my previous works. Um, and that to me was was hard to do in the past, um, but felt really rewarding when I was finally able to kind of like, quote unquote, put myself out there, you know, as a... I feel like that becomes easier to do as as you get older. Like, when you're younger, just like, I don't know if I'm worried about my business. Totally. But otherwise, it's like, nah, they just need to know. (laughs) Right. Or also, it's like, I think a lot of times you feel like if you show vulnerability, people will think you're weak Mm -hmm. or people will think that they can, like, take advantage of you. But I think when with age and with growth, you realize that actually being vulnerable is 
courageous and it's actually really powerful and it's really shows your strength because everybody be going through it you yes. know like we all be going through it so to be transparent about that and to connect with people about that i think is important and people are like yeah they can appreciate that you know so what are some of the topics you talk about love heartbreak hopefulness sadness depression (laughs) the ups and downs Mm -hmm. um just wanting to feel like a bad bitch because of whatever reason you know it's all it's the range of emotions that you go through uh but it all feels really consistent with how i felt over the last 18 months so what do you want your legacy to be my legacy i really want people to know that uh you can do it on your own it it's kind of been a theme throughout my career like when I first started recording music at all I recorded it in my bedroom and just put it online and I was filming my own music videos and doing everything really DIY and my motto was always like I'm never gonna like sit around and wait for somebody to do this for me I'm not gonna wait for you know a man or a company or anybody to create my destiny I'm gonna just go out and do it myself and I had that attitude at like 17 18 so getting into the game that was already something that was really important to me and learning how to engineer myself and to record myself and to produce music was something that even at the time there was like no female producers I've had worked with like one female engineer now it's really starting to change which is so nice and so encouraging but yeah it was a big theme throughout a lot of my earlier days just like how do we do it ourselves we don't have to you know rely on other people i can learn on youtube how to record my own music youtube university youtube university and that's how i learned how to do logic run pro tools run final cut was was literally on youtube and so now that I've, you know, grown from that, I think it's similar in the sense that I don't need, you know, whatever it is to validate my success. I don't need whatever it is to continue to move me to create. I I create for me and for my fans, and I have the power as the artist to create that art. I think you can never let anybody take that away from you. Like, if you are a content creator, you are creating the content, like... It's beautiful. It's that simple. It's that raw. And sometimes it just gets complicated and convoluted. But it's really, it's just that basic. You make something and people, you know, can appreciate it. So before we go, I always ask my guests to give a a Dear Black Girl open letter. So it starts off with Dear Black Girl. And you leave a positive affirmation and Mm -hmm. you sign it with your name within. Okay. Dear Black Girl, don't ever let anybody put you in a box. Because you cannot be limited by anybody's preconceived notions of who you are. You decide who you are. You decide who you want to be. You decide who you want to be moving forward. So I think continue to create your destiny and never let anyone limit you. Signed, Tinashe.